0: Good morning, Real Life Church. If we have not met yet, my name is Melanie. I'm married to Stuart. And as part of a crazy big team here, we help lead this beautiful church we call Real Life. I'm a mummy to two boys. They're called Levi and Asher. You will have seen the blur as they left the room. And I do have to confess that I love Christmas so I need to say it publicly, as if it's not completely obvious, that I love Christmas, and all the opportunity that Christmas affords us as believers, I love it. So I'm going to pass over to my co-host.:
1: Hello. My name is:
0: uh, <laughs>
1: My name is Matthew. I'm married to the lovely Eleanor, and I help lead uh, the youth team, so I'm normally teaching out there, so this is a first for me. Uh, I'm also, uh, I lead a life group with Johnny and Abby Argue, and I'm serving on ID this year, which is a course where I get to learn more about God and serve in church.
0: The Spirit of Christmas is our brand new series, and some might say that the Spirit of Christmas is all about togetherness. And I think if someone had asked me in the street, what is the spirit of Christmas all about? I'd have been inclined to say that kind of togetherness, that kind of giving and sharing of gifts, food, drink, laughter, fun, showing kindness and being generous. So in that spirit of Christmas, I've got some books here. But the way we're gonna do it this morning is I'm not gonna do a free-for-all where the fastest or the closest to the stage gets it. I'm gonna invite some people to come and join me who are gonna go and give away some things. So if you are or were on the messy team yesterday, so you were involved in leading the event, so you're not serving at a table, but you were involved in leading a Castlevale and at Sutton Coalfield, I just love you to come and line up down the front here for me as quick as you can. Come on. You guys are rock stars. Where's my Castle Vale crew? Come on, Castle Vale. Let's be having you. Lovely. Lovely. I feel like I'm missing. Am I missing? Oh, some on kids, of course, and Charles on youth. So, messy team, what I'd like you to do is have a little look at the books here. Pick one up for me. So, you've got the Luke one. Yep, yep, good. So, pick one up. You might have to have two. You're not keeping them, sorry. So, pick them up. Pick them up. Pick up a book or two. Sarah, have you got some? Now, There's a selection of books that we've chosen for this Christmas that we will recommend to you, and some of them are kids' books, some of them are family devotionals, some of them are daily devotionals, some of them are about Christmas, some of them are in the book of Luke. I'm going to put them all out on the email, so with links on them, so you can get them. Some of them work really well if you've got small children, that'll become obvious, and some of them work really well if you've got teens in the house. Some of them are just for you, some of them are daily and some of them are subjects. What i love you to do, Messy Team, is just wander around and pick some people that you give them to. Once you've read the book and you've enjoyed it, I'm going to ask you to pass it on to someone else. In the spirit of Christmas, in giving and sharing and being generous, I'm going to ask you to do that. So, Messy Team, off you go. Go and find some people. Spread yourself out around the hall. Go and find some people that... Paul, would you stop where you are with the um, Jesus... The red one, and would you give that to Jo for me? Thank you. It's for Bella Hope, because she, she's already clocked it. I don't want to make a small child cry. Not yet, anyway. I will put all of the links out on an email, a standalone email tomorrow. And if you want to, get one for yourself or get one for someone else, please do. Putting a good book in someone's hand is such a blessing. So you might say, you might think that was the spirit of Christmas. Giving, generous, kind. But the Bible actually says this. The spirit of Christmas is the Holy Spirit. And he is the spirit of of God. He is everywhere, all over everything and everyone making sure we know that it's all about Jesus. The Bible says this about the Holy Spirit. It says that the Holy Spirit is God. So we've got God the Father, we've got Jesus, and we've got the Holy Spirit. He's the Spirit of God, so he's not limited by flesh or anything. He's the Spirit of truth, He loves Jesus, so wherever the Holy Spirit is moving, a love for Jesus should grow in a community of people. If a community of people are not loving Jesus, likelihood is they are seriously lacking in the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of power. You should be able to see that he is at work, and he is super helpful. If you are in the room and you are a super helpful person, that is one of the ways that We are much like God. If it is within your power to do something about a situation and be helpful, that is us behaving like God on the earth. No one gets to know Jesus without Him. He causes men and women to be born again. He makes sure we know we are saved. He helps us see Jesus, follow Jesus, and become more like Jesus. He gives us gifts. To build the church, and he helps us make the most out of all of the things that God has tucked away inside of us. We are born in the natural because God Himself brings us into being. You happen to have human parents, but it is God himself that brings life into being. If you exist in this room, it is because God himself said, I would like you to exist, and he hunted around and found you some people that could bring you into being. We are born again by the Holy Spirit, because God himself wants us spiritually alive and in relationship with him. We are then, as believers, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then we live our lives full of the Spirit's power. If you do not know the spirit of Christmas, you will be seriously lacking as a human being and a born-again believer. The Bible says he was there at creation. So there was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit there at creation, and he made the world and everything in it. He was there as Adam and Eve said, I do it, and managed to bring around the fall of men and women as they became their own gods. He's there in the mess and the brokenness and the separation. He was there for every promise made in the Bible, to Abraham, made to Isaac, made to David, made to Isaiah, made to Daniel, made to Mary, made to Simeon, made to Anna. He was there, as God said in a loud voice, I will have a people on the earth, they will be mine And I will be their God. He was there when Jesus touched down on the earth and was all over everybody involved with the birth. Of Jesus. He was there at the start of the church when the Holy Spirit came and poured out on all those new believers and then they spread out all around the known world. And he will be there when God wraps the earth up and says, I'm done now and brings about a new heaven and a new earth. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, when we talk about the spirit of Christmas, That is who we're talking about. When we say to you, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that is who we're talking about. When we say to you, you need to become more like Jesus and there is a helper who is super helpful, ready and waiting for you, that is who we are talking about. So this Christmas, we want to look at the spirit of Christmas, but more than that, we want to know him, and in knowing him, we want to know Jesus. So week one is today, and we're looking at the yesterday. We're looking at what was said in the Old Testament about Jesus and how it then happened and came true in the story we will be looking at in Luke. So the story we're using is in Luke 1 26 to 45, and we will be using that story every week, but we will just be looking at it from a different angle. So Matthew and I are going to look at the Old Testament and what he said way back when, and we will hopefully help you to see that the word of God never fails. Week two will be Matt Yates and Katie Crisp. And they're looking at the story today. So as it happened, when Jesus touched down on earth, and they will focus in on the Spirit's power, how it was at work in the story and how it can be at work in our lives. And then lastly, Ben and I will look at forever, what it means that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christmas said all these things in the Old Testament touched down when Jesus was born and then carries us forward. What that looks like to be men and women who are born again. So if you've got friends, bring them any week you like and we will make sure that they get to hear about the spirit of Christmas. So I'm going to start by reading the, the verse that we're looking at. Matthew's going to come and take us back into the Old Testament, and then I'm going to help us earth it into our lives right now. So if you've got a Bible, you can turn to Luke 1, 26 to 45. If you don't own a Bible and you want a Bible, it would be our absolute joy to put a Bible in your hands. We have a hefty budget for Bibles because we believe it is a book where you will come into contact with Jesus. And so we like to get it out to as many people as we possibly can. If you are struggling to read your version of the Bible, come and talk to us and we will help you with a translation that will work for you. So Luke 1, 26 to 45, it says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus and he will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this be since I am a virgin? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the son of God. Once more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son. And now in her sixth months, for the word of God will never fail Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to a town where Zachariah lived. She entered the house and she greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leapt within her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women. And your child is blessed. Why am I so honoured that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he has said. Matthew Bowen, over to you. Hello.
1: So... Has anyone ever watched a Marvel movie? Yeah? Yeah? How about stayed at the cinema for those post credit scenes at the end? Yeah? Well, I remember being 10, and I went with my mum to go and see the first Avengers film. And we stayed in the cinema. It was a brilliant film. And at the end, most people just left immediately as soon as the credits started to roll. But we stayed. Well, I managed to convince my mum to stay uh, for the post credit scene. It was about... 10 minutes into the credits it felt like it was feeling like it was going on forever but we saw this big purple guy with a weird chin sat on a big chair in deep space and again three years later uh, in the next Avengers film and then it all comes together in Infinity War and uh, Endgame a few years later we see that Thanos comes and it's this amazing huge payoff it all comes together it's, it's really brilliant getting these little hints and clues to a greater and bigger story that you don't know at, on the outset. Now, you could go in, never seeing any film before, and you could really enjoy Infinity War and Endgame, and you'd know what was going on. But in order to fe- feel it and experience it for all that it's worth, uh, you need to have seen these little hints and clues to get that big payoff. The Holy Spirit does this. On a much greater and more awe-inspiring way. Uh, he's always working throughout history. We read in Second Peter chapter one, verses twenty to twenty-one. Above all, you must realise that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding, or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. When the prophets were speaking, and I want to highlight this, they were moved by the Holy Spirit so that it wasn't their words that they were speaking, but it was God's. It was God's mission. It was his journey that he was laying out for us. The words that they spoke were God's words, and that was by the Spirit of Christmas. And we know that God's words will never fail. I'm going to highlight a few little things that we read in that, cha- in that passage in Luke. Firstly, it says that uh, Jesus was born to a virgin. 700 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah the prophet was moved by the spirit of Christmas to bring a prophecy when faced with a disheartened and discouraged King Ahaz. It says this in Isaiah 7.14, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. God gave us a sign at Christmas, hundreds of years, he spoke about hundreds of years before it happened, that the virgin conceived a child and that child is God with us. The spirit of Christmas is always pointing to Jesus. He's always weaving little glimpses and hints about who Jesus is bringing more and more glory to him when these things are fulfilled. We see this wonderfully and completely fulfilled uh, in Jesus and Mary. Again, 700 years after it happened. That is because what God has said will come to pass and that the words of God will never fail. We We also hear that he will be given the throne of his ancestor David and his kingdom will never end. About 3,000 years ago, so that's 1,000 BC, not long after David became king, God sent Nathan the prophet uh, to speak to David, giving him an incredible prophecy. This is in 2 Samuel 7, 12 to 14. I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. Later on, about 600 BC, uh, through the prophet Jeremiah, he echoes these words. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved. And Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called. The Lord, our righteous saviour. God is saying that he will raise up a son of David. That that son will reign forever. And that he will be the Lord, our righteous saviour. Not just any Lord, but the Lord. The God of Adam, of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Mary. Isn't it wonderful that this was always God's plan? that he always planned for Jesus to be in David's family. I sometimes take for granted that Jesus would be part of a royal family. It It would make sense. He's God. But reading this and knowing that it was always God's plan throughout history, driven by the Spirit of Christmas, to show his love and his faithfulness, it's just flooring. Again, the Spirit of Christmas is giving these little hints throughout history, encouraging people every time the spirit of christmas is all about jesus he never forgets his promises for us he remembers what he has promised to david through samuel he reminds us of this through jeremiah that's he wants to encourage us and remind us that he will never fail we change all the time something we do or say one day we might regret or not want to do the next But God is not like this. He does not change. He doesn't forget he's constant. The words of God never fail and his promises are eternal. What he has said will come to pass. The spirit of Christmas doesn't just do this to show that he is faithful, truthful, and powerful. And that he has his hand in all of history. But he does it to point to and glorify Jesus even more. When we know these things... And we read the Christmas story, and we can look back at it and see that God has been so gracious and faithful throughout history. It just brings even more glory to it. Uh, We also read that Jesus will be the Son of the Most High. Again, the Spirit of Christmas speaks through the prophet Isaiah, bringing one of the most famous and amazing messianic prophecies. This is in Isaiah 9, 6, and Phil read it out for us earlier. Wow. (laughs) The spirit of Christmas is working through Isaiah, describing to us who this son of David is, the one the Holy Spirit has been talking about all through history and prophecy. The one who the spirit of Christmas glorifies wholeheartedly. He is our wonderful counselor, our prince of peace, our mighty God. He is Jesus. There are many other prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament, That he fulfilled. In the situation of his birth alone, he fulfilled eight prophecies and he fulfilled at least 300 in his time on earth, from birth to resurrection. If Christmas were a Marvel movie, it would be the greatest payoff in all of history, and it is, thanks to the Spirit of Christmas. Take a moment to just consider how wonderful it is that the Spirit of Christmas has been speaking about Jesus throughout history, always pointing to him bringing him more and more glory. It makes Christmas even more wonderful when we realize this. The passage in Isaiah 9 continues, saying the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. God is completely committed to his promises. He is aboundingly faithful. He will make it happen because the words of God never fail. Over to
0: Melanie. Okay, so now we know that the Old Testament talked about Jesus in the way in which he would come, and then we saw it in the story of Luke and then we see it now being outworked in the church and all the way till the end. So what do we do with that? Now we know. Now we know that the word of God will never fail. Now we know that hundreds of years before the spirit of Christmas was already speaking, already moving, already stirring hearts, already whispering all the way through the Bible, he's coming, he's coming. And then we see it written about him. What do we do with that? What do we do with that today when we're sitting here in this place? What do we do with Christmas and the spirit of Christmas? So I'm going to help us with a few things that I think we can do with knowing that. So the spirit of Christmas knows that the word of God will never fail. And he wants us to know that too. It makes us read our Bibles differently. It makes us approach suffering differently. It makes us approach hardship differently. It makes us approach our money differently. When we believe that the word of God never fails, it alters our lives. And it's something that God does, I believe, in our hearts. He reminds us that the Bible is true, that the Bible is real. You read bits and pieces and you go, oh my goodness, I cannot believe he said that there and then it happened here. Or even in your own daily reading of the Bible, you'll find bits that suddenly become hugely relevant when you're out and about or you get into conversation and you think, I literally just read that this morning. It makes a difference to our lives when we believe that the word of God never faked. Fails. I find it really interesting that Satan, when he went after Jesus, what he went after was did God really say? And I don't think he has any new tactics. I think that's what he does in our lives. Did God really say that he would love you no matter what? Did he really say he'd be with you? Did he really say he would protect you? Did he really say he will provide for you? And he will happily walk you around your life and say, what about this? What about that? He has no new moves. When we understand that, when we get to know that, we can cling on to our Bible differently. We can hold on to truth differently. We can claim it, call on it, depend upon it, build our lives on it when we know that the word of God never fails. And I do believe that is something the Holy Spirit does in our hearts. I do believe that when we are born again, when we are filled with the Spirit, when we are living in the Spirit's power, that is something that he seals in us, that he reminds us of, that he helps us with. So maybe what you need to do is actually believe that the word of God will never fail. And maybe your circumstances are saying something different and you need to hold on to truth and cling on to truth. I think you need the Spirit of Christmas, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God to help you do that. The Spirit of Christmas wants this book, the Bible, to be a meeting place. It is supposed to be a book where you meet Jesus. It is not just supposed to be a book that you read, tick off your to-do list and carry on. It is a meeting place, which means I think you approach it differently because it is not something I just tick off and go, done. It is something I prepare myself for, get ready for and enter in. So I have special places where I read my Bible and I meet with Jesus. I have certain rooms in my house, certain things where it always happens. So my kitchen is a place where, of a meeting place for me in my Bible and with Jesus. And I used to love it when we had the prayer meeting there because loads of people would crowd in the same space that was my meeting place with Jesus, and I would know that there was a residue left. There were things that had gone on in that room that would carry on, and there were new things that would happen because people were there praying. I love to have bath time, so bubbles, Bible, books, and I get in, and I know it's a meeting place, Where the spirit of Christmas is going to work as I read my Bible, I also love outdoors. So some part for me is a beautiful place where I have encountered God over and over again. When I go into these places with my Bible, the spirit of God is there. And there is nothing magical about the place per se. It is because I go in expecting to meet with the spirit of Christmas I'm not going in to tick off my to-do list, I've read my Bible, look at me, what a great Christian I am. I am a great Christian, I do read my Bible every day. Why? Because it is a meeting place for me and Jesus and I cannot imagine going out in my day without him. So it's not because I'm great and I'm super holy, it's because I am in desperate need of a saviour and I'm in desperate need of a friend who comes with me wherever I go and helps me out. I understand my need for him. Therefore, I go into those places wanting to meet with him. Maybe a simple activity for you will be to work out, where do I take my Bible and how do I enter in? Is it a to-do list for me? Am I ticking it off? Am I saying, done now, excellent, move on into my day? Or is it a meeting place? Am I going so that the Holy Spirit would meet with me and show me Jesus as I read my Bible? And maybe you need to look at that and remove it from your to do list and get it into your heart and your being. The Spirit of Christmas is super helpful. And I think we forget that. I think we think that we can do it all on our own. I do it myself. And we forget that God Himself has provided for us a helpmate, a helper, who will come alongside and will reveal things to us and help us do what He's asked us to do. Why is it whenever you pick your Bible up, you are super distracted or super tired? Anyone else get that? I like pick my Bible up sometimes and I am super tired or a million things pop into my head that I must do at that exact moment. It is because it is a battle to do the things that God has asked you to do because you have a very real enemy who is out to take you down. He doesn't really mind how, and he doesn't really mind who. He'll have any entry point you are prepared to give him. It is a battle, but you have God himself available to you to help you. So you need to pause sometimes and in this season go, spirit of Christmas, I'm tired, I'm distracted, help me. It is the cry from God's people that God himself cannot resist. When his people go, help me, he is there. When they say, I do it, I've got this. He's like, off you go. And he will watch and he will wait. When you read your Bible, call on the Spirit of Christmas, ask him to help you. We're going to put out on Monday a 20 bits of help to read your Bible between Monday and Christmas Eve. And it will be a thing you can try every day in reading your Bible. So it will be an advent of sorts, but it will be lots of ideas of ways you can read the same story in lots of different ways. We will put out the Old Testament verses that Matthew referred to and the ones that he didn't get time to because we would have been here all day. And we will put all of those out for you alongside the Luke story with 20 different ways that you can read it. Can I recommend you trying this Christmas time different ways of reading your Bible? Some of you have just stuck in the same old way of reading it. And actually the spirit of Christmas wants to come and revive some things. So we're going to put out some things. You can have a go at one a day. We will make sure there's stuff that will work if you've got kids clambering all over you or you've got loads of time for yourself, or you've got very little time. So we will make sure it works for you. So keep an eye open for that. But I would say commit yourself over this season to reading your Bible every day. If you have kids... Do not give up on this. I am going to say that as loudly as I can. If it is a circus, a riot, an absolute farce, and you get to the end of it and think, why am I even bothering? You are bothering because you are going to train them in the way they should walk. The moment we remove our hands from that, we cease to be parents the moment we cease to train, we cease to be parents. Parents train their children in the way they should walk, even if they're doing all kinds of crazy walking. Even if it looks like everything I say, they are going, and over there, And over we still train. Otherwise, there is no point to us. Train your children in the way they should walk. Read the Bible with them every day. We have read the Bible with our boys every day. I tell you what, sometimes we are up in the heavenlies. It's not often. And we are with the angels and the spirit of Christmas is everywhere. Other times we are gritting our teeth and we are getting through it because we have said we are doing this. I will make sure my kids are clean, fed, loved and reading their Bibles. We're doing this. We're committed to it. We're in it for the long haul. Levi's in year nine now. We still read the Bible with him every day. I am training him To love the word and understand that it never fails, and I will keep going relentlessly. He has no idea of the commitment I have to this. I will keep going. I want to encourage you as parents do not give up. Keep going until they're not in your house anymore. Keep going while they are under your roof, while they are in your care, keep plugging away at reading the Bible. Keep thinking up different ways of doing it. Keep including them in it, training them in it. I do know that it is relentless, but if you are to be a parent, that is what we do. We train, we teach, and we keep going. When others drop away, we keep going. And then in life groups, talk about it. When you get into life groups, share your best bits and your worst bits of your world. Share what's going on. Eat together. Tell each other what God is saying in the Bible and pray for one another to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I would turn up to a night like that. That would be worth it. I would turn up to a morning like that that would be worth it. If I get to tell you what's going on in my world, tell you what I'm hearing from God and be prayed for to be able to live my life like God would have it, I would turn up to that. I wonder sometimes in our life groups if, if sometimes people fall away because actually it's not worth them getting in the door. Actually, they don't look at it and think, no, that would benefit me. I wonder sometimes if we spent a little more time talking about what God is saying to us in the Bible and being filled with the Holy Spirit, if it might be a place that more and more people would see as necessary. And I know that that is uncomfortable sometimes because sometimes our lives are such a mess that really we just want to sit down, have a good meal and have our bellies rubbed. And I get that. I understand that wholeheartedly. However, it will not change your life. And it will not give you the power you need to be able to walk out into what God has called you to. So life group leaders, take a look at your night. Think, how can we get to the bit where we actually talk about what God is saying to us and we pray for one another? And we make sure that we're being filled with the spirit of Christmas. Maybe your food is too fancy, too long, and you just need to get that down a bit so that you actually get to a place where you are meeting with the spirit of Christmas. So I've chucked out a load of stuff for you. And I'd love you to think about it and think, what could I do with it? Could I start reading my Bible every day? Could I find my places? Do I need to get back in there with my kids If you've let your foot off the gas, please don't worry. You can easily change that. I think sometimes in parenting, we feel like, oh, I've missed it. I haven't done it for a while. I've obviously missed the boat. That is an absolute lie. So if you are a parent in the room and you have taken your foot off the gas, I would encourage you to put it straight back on. I would encourage you to look at how you press in on the things of God, even if they're crazy walking at the moment. We train our children in the way we think they should go, and then we hopefully see them go in it. Life groups, take a look at how you read your Bibles and how you pray for one another. It is brilliant to eat together. It is brilliant to get around a table and share our highs and lows. But if we never make it to truth and we never make it to the experience of the Holy Spirit... All we've done is eaten and told each other what's going on. We have to get to a place where the spirit of Christmas is invading our lives and invading our times together. Amen. If you are not a believer in the room, let me be honest. You are physically born because you're sitting here. And that is because God himself wanted you brought into being But the Bible says that God himself has a separation from you because of your sin, because of your shame, because of your guilt, because of all the things you don't do and you should do and all the things you do that you shouldn't do. They create separation through a God who loves you, knows you, and made you. The Bible says that the spirit of Christmas along with the Father, sent the Son and asked him to come and fix that so that you might be born again by the Spirit, so that you might have your eyes opened, so that you might see God and know God, that you might be in right relationship with Jesus and follow him and do all the things that you always should have done. And all you need to do is put your faith in Jesus Christ. All you need to do is say sorry for your sin and accept his sacrifice in your place. You need to be born again by the spirit of Christmas. And maybe that's what you'll do this Christmas time. That will be your Christmas gift to yourself. You will be born again by the spirit and you will come into right relationship with your father in heaven. And you'll live right on the earth And so I want to make known to you that you need to do that. And you can do that today. You can do that on an Alpha course. You can do it in your bedroom. You can do it in your car. You can do it in life group. But you need to do that. You need to respond and get to know the spirit of Christmas, the spirit of God who is the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask us to stand. We've got a love... I suppose we ought to have the worship team up here. Otherwise, it's me and Matthew, which nobody wants that. Matthew and I are going to pray for you and we're going to worship. Where I would love us to get to in our worship is a place where we are encountering the spirit of Christmas. He will surely show us Jesus because that is what he's good at. I would suggest we have a quick jog on the spot because I'm aware that you've sat still for a bit. But jog up, stretch up high, let's get that blood pumping, let's get cold If you're line, you can feel free to do the same. Stretch it out. Another little jog on the spot, I think. I'm feeling it. Yeah. We're going to pray, and then we're going to worship. So, you first, Matthew.
1: Father God, thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christmas.
0: Yeah.
1: I pray that today our hearts have been stirred to be more in tune with your Holy Spirit that there is a new passion for your word and your promises and a new truth in our hearts that your words never fail.
0: Yeah.
1: Holy Spirit, come and meet with us today. Yeah. Let us be encouraged to keep on seeking you and bringing yeah. you to others in our homes, to our children, to our life groups, Lord. That's what we want.
0: Spirit.
1: Holy Spirit, come today and meet with us. May the new truths in your word yeah. be revealed. Yeah. your name we pray. Amen.
0: Why don't you stretch out your hands? We do that simply because we are communicating to God, I want you. I'm ready. We're saying to the spirit of Christmas, would you come and fill me? And so we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move upon us as a people. You'd help us see Jesus. You'd help us know Jesus. You'd help us carry out the Father's will on earth as his family. Spirit of Christmas, you would bring the Bible alive in our hands. It would become a meeting place for us and for Jesus. That you would indeed show us your Son. That we would see him in all his glory. That we would be changed into his likeness. Jesus. We pray, come Holy Spirit, have your way amongst us. Spill out into Castle Vale, into the places around us. Spill out, Holy Spirit, into our workplaces, our homes, our streets, our friendships, our families. Spill out, Holy Spirit. We love Jesus. We want to worship him more. And all God's people said... Amen.